0: Girlfriends, episode number 100, how to enjoy right now. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about how to live peacefully in the present moment even if it kills us. And I can't wait to get started on this important topic. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Hope your Advent is going great. I hope you're busy in a pleasant way and not too stressed out. As we've been talking about in recent episodes, ways to blissfully glide through Advent. I would love to report that I am blissfully gliding through Advent, but I'm doing all right. <laughs> I'm doing okay. Still haven't done a whole lot of shopping. That's um I've been distracted by a lot of things going on. I've got stuff going on with my work life right now that um big changes, big things happening and I'm looking forward to sharing those with you as soon as I'm able to probably in the new year. But I've got stuff on the back burners and it feels like it's hard to switch my thoughts to preparing for Christmas and also at the same time maintaining that blissful, peaceful Advent mentality that we're supposed to be joyfully waiting for our Savior, right? Well, I'm doing okay. I'm I not completely failing, but I'm doing okay. And I wanted to check in with you guys about how your Advent is going. Are some of you feeling a little bit sad this time of year? Do you get sad around the holidays? We talked about this a little bit in a recent episode with Sterling with about how The holidays are emotionally burdensome for some people. A lot of memories attached to them, and it can be difficult. Um, This isn't something I've struggled with a lot. Um, I don't tend to have a lot of issues with depression and anxiety, although I know and love so many people that do. So I have great compassion for people who struggle with those things. But I have had a little bit of sadness this year because it feels different. For example, It was last week when we had St. Nicholas Day. We've always done a big St. Nicholas Feast Day in our home. The kids put out their shoes the night before, and um, they know it's us, me. (laughs) Dan has very little to do with it. Um, And, you know, and, and once everyone's in bed, I set up the table and have, like, special hot cocoa breakfast. And there's candy in their shoes and some games. And, you know, it's just a fun day, a really fun day that we've enjoyed in the past when everybody was home homeschooling and I had all eight kids at home. It was a crazy, joyful, fun day in Advent. Well, this year was a little bit different. It was still fun and nice and everything, but it was different in a way that kind of made me a little bit sad or a little bit wistful for those years gone by. So this year, um, everybody still puts their shoes out, everybody who's at home anyway. So I had, I did have to call down one of my big girls and make her do it the night before. Um, She wasn't really thinking of it, but she was happy to do it and happy to have stuff in the morning. But you know, the day before, this is how organized I was, Uh, the boys, my little boys had basketball. And so I dropped them off and I had a little bit of time there. And so I thought I'd run to Dollar General to get some of the treats that I was going to put in their shoes and whatnot for the next day. And when I was there in Dollar General, I was just kind of envisioning what the day would be like the next day. And it made me remember years gone by and the beautiful St. Nicholas feast days that we had when everyone was home and we'd play music and it really felt like a feast day at home. And I was envisioning, yeah, it would be fun the next day. And the little boys sure would be happy with the games I was getting them and that sort of thing. But it was going to feel very different. And so standing there in Dollar General, I start getting tears in my eyes, thinking about how different this year was going to be and how it was going to feel different and quieter and a little less chaotic in a not so happy way. And I've realized that that was ridiculous, of course, but it's okay to have those feelings. It's okay to miss that, you know, to feel sad that things aren't exactly as they were before. It's okay to miss happy times. You know, what's that saying where they say, don't be sad that it ended, be happy and grateful that it happened. Well, I am. I mean, I truly am, but I think it's also okay to feel a little lost there because it is a loss. We've talked about this before um when we were um when we I'm I'm using the royal we <laughs> when I was an emotional wreck when uh my my second son was going off to college, we were leaving him in Florida, and talking about the art of letting go and how it's We shouldn't try to kind of squelch those feelings. We shouldn't try to pretend they don't exist or, or move on like it's not happening. It's important to recognize that it's happening and it's okay because it was a lovely thing you had and it no longer is and it's okay to mourn that, but not get stuck there you know, don't get stuck wallowing in that. And that's part of what we're going to talk about today when we're talking about living in the present moment, enjoying right now. So yeah, I got tears in my eyes in Dollar General. But you know what? My Ambrose is coming home and Eamon is coming home. We'll all be home for Christmas. Ambrose is going to be home Tuesday night. So looking forward to picking him up and having some fun times getting ready for Christmas together. And I'm excited to have chaos in the house. I am going, I promise you, to have my share of chaos. I will be longing for the quiet routine of our our weekday mornings (laughs) come uh, January, I am sure. But um in the meantime I think I just want to encourage you to realize that it's okay to be sad that things are different to feel a loss when something no longer is that you really loved and was beautiful it's okay to have those feelings but just to not get stuck there and that's part of what we're going to be talking about today um so I also wanted to do a check in we've been talking about um getting back into our healthy habits <laughs> And trying to keep it simple with regard to Advent, not setting these great lofty goals of fitness and nutrition for December, because, you know, for me anyway, I know that's setting myself up for failure. But... I am happy to report I've been astonishingly good about working out in the mornings. Something is really motivating me. Like if I don't get this in, um, I'm going to be stressed. I'm going to feel it physically. I'm not going to have a good day. So I've been really good about keeping my regular workouts in the morning recently. I've also, on the other hand, though, been astonishingly bad about my eating habits. Uh, yeah, nachos. That's my big weakness. And the kids tend to like it for like football games and that sort of thing. I'll make them their snacks. But guess who's eating them right along with them? Me. Me. And um, I've got a box of wine in the fridge. I'm going to just fess up. It's my box of wine. <laughs> and I don't know the levels in it. Um, so yeah, I've been having wine in the evening. I mean, not a ton. Gosh, don't, don't picture me like, you know, drunk on the couch. But uh, yeah, probably it's more of a regular habit than I want it to be. And I know there's only gonna be more of that in the weeks to come. So uh, I'm going to be uh, moving away from that. But yeah, You know what? I just wanted to check in with you and give you um, my own reality check, but at the same time, encourage you to kind of give yourself a check um, how you're doing with those things. You know, referring back to our previous episode where um, we were talking about ways to stay healthy through the holidays, keeping your goals simple, I think, is really important and giving yourself a little leeway, not meaning everything goes out the window, like we said um, in that episode. It's not all or nothing, but just you know, giving yourself a little bit of a break and understanding that this is a difficult time to really set strict goals for yourself with regard to your eating habits, your nutrition and your, your fitness levels. Um, and you know, your regular routine of exercising and that sort of thing. So cut yourself a little slack, but don't cut all the slack. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Okay, good. So we're in this together. All right. So today, I'm going to be talking about how to enjoy right now. What do I mean by that? it's that thing that people always talk about, right? Being present, being fully present, being in the moment, being mindful, this idea of mindfulness, right? What a, what on earth does that mean? Because it sounds so lovely. It sounds like what all of us should be doing, right? Um, I was thinking about this because, well, partly because of my experience of kind of looking back in the past and what past Advents were like and comparing it to what it is now and how that makes me feel and our tendency to do that. It's human, you know, to look back to the past. It's also human to look ahead to the future and have anxiety or to worry about the future. And yet Jesus himself calls us to be present In the moment. One of my favorite passages um, from the gospel is in Matthew chapter six, where Jesus is talking to us about how well he's going to provide for us. Like, look at the lilies in the field and they don't reap or sow, and yet they're clothed in all this glory. And I love the passage that it ends with where Jesus himself says to us, because he's speaking to us in the gospels, he says to every one of us, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Let me read that again, because I want you to hear these words that Jesus himself speaks to us, speaks to your heart. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil and isn't that exactly what we all do we worry about tomorrow we're worrying about tomorrow we're working for tomorrow we're doing all the things and stressing about tomorrow and even in our prayers what are what are your prayers like your your petitions to to god what are you asking for are they focused on the future are they focused on tomorrow or are you asking for what you need right now jesus is telling us don't worry about tomorrow he's calling us to trust him in that way maybe you need a kind of booster to your trust this Advent season. Maybe that's the the fruit that the good fruit that Jesus has in mind for you this Advent season is growing in your trust of him. And that's what it's all about, right? To not worry about tomorrow. It's about trusting in Jesus, trusting in God's goodness and not being focused on the past, right? Allowing ourselves to look back and be happy that the good things happen that have happened, or to not allow ourselves to get stuck there for sure. And also the other thing about our past, sometimes we look to the past with regret and we get stuck there. We look to the past and there are things we did wrong, things that we wish happened differently, things that have hurt us, things that we feel have defined us, and we get stuck there. Jesus doesn't want you there. He doesn't want you in the past, and he doesn't want you lost to the future. He doesn't want you worrying about tomorrow. He reminds us in those beautiful words, don't worry about tomorrow. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. And I love that phrasing because it's so true, isn't it? Like, today is enough. Gosh, We've got enough stuff going on in this moment right here. Enough is being asked of you. Enough is being asked of me. And if we're just going to live in that moment and live up to that task and be faithful inside of that moment, whatever it is that God is calling you to in this present moment, this present day, that's enough. That's all any of us ever needs to be doing. And I think we just need that reminder sometimes. So I'm just going to share a few little thoughts here. I'm not going to spend too much time this week because... I've got a million things to do and I've got a kid to pick up at the school. So I'm trying to squeeze this in. Um, but I've got a few thoughts I want to share with you that might help you um, and me just as a reminder to be present in the moment, to enjoy right now. So first, the first thing I'm going to remind you to do is just stop. If you feel like you're running around frenzied and you, you don't have a moment to kind of gather yourself, stop, make yourself stop and kind of reassess, take a moment, take a break, just be for a minute, work this into your day. Sometimes you might want to just set a timer to go off like once in the morning, once in the afternoon, and just to have a check in with yourself. Take a break to remind yourself to take a break, take a few minutes, stop whatever you're doing, you know, even change your physical surroundings. And think about where have my thoughts been in these last 15 minutes? What have I been absorbed with? And is that where Jesus wants me? Is it in the past? Is it in the future? Are you in the moment? Um, So, you know, don't beat yourself up if you're messing that up, but just use this as sort of a practice and sort of a reminder. So stop, build in some stops in your day. It it might be with like regular mealtimes or um, a regular commute or something that you have, but have those stops and those breaks built into your day. Stop yourself and kind of give yourself that opportunity to just be. Give yourself permission to just be because it's enough and pay attention to where your, your thoughts are going. So that's the second thing that I want to um, suggest that you do if you're working toward being more present in the moment, if you're working toward enjoying right now more, is pay attention to your thoughts. Having these check-ins is very helpful. Then ask yourself, where have my thoughts been? Or train yourself to notice when your thoughts go astray, when you start thinking negatively, when you start worrying about the past or the future, when you start getting lost outside of what you're doing. How many times have you found yourself, you know, completely absorbed in thought, lost in thought, and not even paying attention to what you're doing? I mean, we all do this. I did this just the other day. I got pulled over for speeding. And I realized when I got pulled over, there was no reason for me to be speeding. I wasn't in a hurry. I was just stressed. Like I had allowed a lot of things whirling through my mind to kind of work themselves out until they were expressed physically through my driving too fast. And the officer was very nice. She just gave me a warning. Um, And I, I was completely honest with her because she was asking if I was in a hurry. And I said, no, I'm just completely distracted. And aren't we all sometimes, don't we find ourselves and your wake up call might come in the form of a pullover and a reminder to not drive so fast, but your wake up call might come in something that you completely forget or messed up or, or realizing at the end of a task or the end of a conversation that you weren't really present, that you weren't fully engaged in that moment. So, you know, pay attention to the ways in which you're, you're habitually thinking the, where your thoughts are usually going and then kind of retrain yourself, have patience with yourself, you know, um, you know, some of the greatest spiritual directors talk about being distracted in prayer and how we shouldn't despair because we're distracted. Even the great saints were distracted in prayer. Just get in the habit of calling yourself back. Don't say everybody gets distracted so it's okay and allow yourself to be distracted. Say everybody gets distracted so I'm not going to beat myself up for it and pull yourself back into the moment. So pay attention to where your thoughts are going. When we had Sterling Jaquith on a few weeks ago, she told us about a physical reminder she gives herself when she's tempted toward thoughts of envy. You know, she she talks about physically just a, a little reminder to herself. She pretends she's squishing that envy bug between her fingers. And that physical act is a cue to her. It triggers her to think differently. It triggers her to recognize that her thoughts are negative and they're they're going to hurt her, and to switch her thoughts. Well, you can do that too. It doesn't have to be squishing an envy bug, but maybe that's what you need. Um, or you know, snapping a rubber band on your wrist or doing something physical, getting up and walking into another room, um, to kind of wake yourself up and make yourself think differently. I think those physical triggers can be really helpful. So think of one that's easy and simple, um, to kind of just snap you back to attention, and it might be something as simple. As pinching yourself, or um, just something that's going to wake you up, and that you can be a trigger toward switching your thoughts from wherever they were back to the present moment. I think that's really helpful to have that physical reminder. So, in addition to paying attention to your thoughts, pay attention to the noise, the noise that you allow in your life. We're always talking about this, right? Looking for ways to have more quiet in your life. Well, pay attention to it, especially this Advent season. Take a moment to assess what kind of noise you have in your life. Noise can come in a lot of different forms. Some of it's physical noise, stuff you actually hear, whether it's a radio on in the background, whether you always have the TV on, whether it's, you know, your coworkers chattering. What kind of noise do you have in your life and what choice do you have about it? Can you turn off the radio? Can you go into a room that's going to be more quiet? Can you, instead of going into a a busy distracting area for your lunch break, um, could you take a walk somewhere quiet? You know, pay attention to what kind of noise you allow in your life. So, yeah, there's that physical noise, but then there's mental noise, emotional noise. We've talked about this. It can come in the form of social media, can come in the form of information overload from news on TV or online. It can come in the form of um, negative relationships, Negative habits you have in your own life, that kind of noise, that kind of chatter in the background that distracts you, that depletes you, that pulls you away from the present moment, from being fully present in whatever it is God is calling you to do at this moment. So pay attention to that noise and work toward finding those parts of the noise that you can control and then take take charge of it. Control it. Decide you're not going to allow that much noise in your life to distract you, to pull you away from the present moment. Decide that you want to be more fully present. Because you know what? When we make efforts to be more fully present, and I'm not talking about some perfect zen bliss that we're all supposed to, you know, (laughs) find in our lives, all that perfect balance, and we're going to be so present in the moment in this relationship with our conversation with our toddler or whatever it is, you know... You don't, it doesn't have to be that kind of ideal because I I think that sometimes sets us up to despair and just throw the whole thing out because we're never really going to find that, you know, especially with regard to parenting. I think some of us kind of feel set up to fail in that way. Like if every moment with your three-year-old isn't bliss, then you're doing something wrong or you're the one who's not fully present. Well, some of those moments are, are tough. Some of the moments in your life are hard. And you know what? We're called to be present in those moments too. Yeah, I know. It stinks. But it's true. And it doesn't mean that it's all going to feel good. And it's all going to be this, you know, Zen and bliss. Some of the moments for sure in our lives are like that, but not all of them. And if it doesn't feel that way, that doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. You know, um, I like to think about when I'm running and whether you're a runner or not this this applies okay um there's sometimes i do what's called a tempo run where for part of the run you pick up the pace and it's a pretty challenging pace and you try to hold it for a certain number of minutes and mentally that can be really a challenging thing and you know those of you who are runners you know the the mental game is is pretty much 90% of the battle. Um, but what I've trained myself to do inside of those moments where I pick up the pace and it can be really challenging, can be really difficult, and I need to hold it for you a know, certain number of minutes or whatever. I try to train myself to just sit down in that pace. That's really how I think of it. Just kind of allow myself to relax into that pace, even though it's a challenging pace, even though it's hard for me, it's a challenge. Um, just sit down in that pace and just be in that pace for that amount of time, you know, um, not be fighting it. Because I think sometimes that's where we expend a lot of our energy is something is challenging. And so we're, we're rejecting it, we're spending a lot of energy rejecting it, or, or fighting it, or, you know, denying it or whatever. Um, but I find that there's a lot of peace to be found, even though it's still hard. In, in those moments in our life where it's more challenging, where, you you know, you could compare it to when you're you're running physically and you're picking up the pace. It's a little bit hard. It hurts a little bit. It's challenging you. There are times in our life that are like that. There are moments in our life that are not comfortable. They can hurt. We can be sad. We can be disappointed. We can be wounded by people that we love and trust inside of those moments. I, I want to challenge you to be present even inside of those moments, because that's what ca- God is calling you to do. To be present in that, to not expend your energy rejecting it, to not expend your energy denying it or, you know, rebelling against it, but to be accepting of it in whatever way is appropriate. I mean, I'm not, you know, I I'm not talking to you about some specific situation in your life. So this I'm just talking in a general sense of those times in your life where are more challenging. That we're called to be present in those joyful moments, but we're called to be fully present inside of those sacrificial moments, inside of those moments that are going to hurt, that are going to be uncomfortable, that won't be all pretty and shiny and make us feel good. So, um, you know, sit down in that pace. Let yourself do that. Let yourself be fully present for those moments. That's what God is calling us to do. And I think there's a lot of peace to be found in doing that, in recognizing that God is not calling us to be faithful for you know right now for the next 300 days or whatever it is inside of whatever challenge you're going through he's calling you to be faithful in that moment right now that's all you need to do you know sometimes we waste a lot of energy when we're going through something hard imagining how much worse it's going to be in the future how much longer it's going to go on how can we possibly endure this when god isn't calling you to do that you're taking on burdens that aren't yours yet that might not never be given to you so inside of that moment to be accepting even in those challenging moments of what God is giving to you. Okay. Um, so redirect your thoughts. I want to challenge you to redirect your thoughts, um, inside of those moments where you've realized you're focusing on the past or you're focusing on the future. Um, you're completely distracted and focus instead on right now and, um, inside of your prayer life. I've already mentioned this, but I I really want to underscore this idea that what are you praying for? Are you praying for what you need in the future? Are are you praying about the past? How about pray for and ask God for what you need right now and pray for and ask God for what the people you love need right now cuz sometimes in our prayers we're trying to fix the future, aren't we? I know I am. I'm going to God with my my laundry list and this kid needs this and I'm worried about this kid, you know, where he's going to be in 3 years and um this this person has this health issue that I'm worried is going to turn into this and kind of living in the future even inside of our prayers. And I want to challenge you this Advent to be in the moment physically and spiritually and emotionally. So connecting with other people in your life, but also inside of your spiritual life with God. Be present in the moment and ask for what you need right now. I love that in the Our Father, in the Lord's Prayer, the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. He says, give us this day our daily bread. He's not giving us our bread for a year or for 10 years or for 100 years and all the bread your family will ever need provided right now. That's not how he works. And that sometimes is a stumbling block for us because we do want everything planned out and figured out and spelled out for us right now. So that's the challenge. That's where God's asking you to grow in that trust of him, to ask for your daily bread. What is the daily bread you need right now? What is it that you need that you want to ask God for in this moment right now? Think about that and pray about that. What spiritual food do you need in this moment right now? And pray for that. And then finally, just a little reminder, if you're having trouble living in the moment, look for examples around you that can inspire you. Um, our Monsignor Jerry at a church we went to this past weekend was talking about um, some of this very same concept, and he suggested that if you want to know like how God wants you to live in the moment, watch a kid or watch an animal, watch a dog play, watch a kid play, because they're a great example to us of being fully who they are and who God calls them to be without any level of self-consciousness or worry or anxiety, Right. Your dog's not playing with his tennis ball on the floor, um, worried about where his next meal is going to come from. Right. <laughs> he's not worried. It's all he's trusting. <laughs> he's a trusting dog. Right. And um, he's just enjoying that moment. He's fully present in that moment. Or your child, when he's like maybe eating a meal that he really enjoys, a small child, He's not worrying about anything. He's enjoying that moment. He's enjoying what he has, the good that he has. So, um, you know, look around for people that can inspire you. There might be people you know that are full grown that aren't pets <laughs> that uh, are really good about this living in the moment. And let them inspire you with their example. Fill your life with people like that. Fill your mind with r- examples like that through what you read and what you absorb online. Um, look for examples like that that can inspire you. So those are my different thoughts about how to enjoy right now. That challenge that every one of us faces, how to enjoy right now. So stop on a regular basis. Take a break. Allow yourself just to be. Pay attention to your thoughts. And even if you need a physical reminder to pull you back in, use that. Uh, Pay attention to what noise you're allowing in your life. And then redirect your thoughts and look for others that can be an inspiration or an example to you in that living in the present moment. Well, you might have some ideas for how you live In the moment and enjoy right now how you're fully present in the way that God calls all of us to be. And I would love to hear your ideas. I would love to share them. I would love to share your struggles too, because I know this is something that we all do struggle with. And um we can be encouraged by hearing that we're not the only ones who struggle with it. So if you have something that you want to share on this topic or others, you can always reach me, Danielle at Daniellebean.com. You can always leave a comment in the show notes at Daniellebean.com, or you can connect with me on social media or leave me a Voxer or or go to daniellebean.com and click leave voicemail. It's an easy way that you can leave an audio file without needing any special equipment. And then I can add your voice to a future episode of Girlfriends. I'd love the opportunity to do that. Hey, do you like what we do here? Do you appreciate having access to Girlfriends every week? Is it helpful or encouraging to you in your everyday life? Well, if so, there's a convenient way that you can say thank you for the Girlfriends podcast and encourage me to continue to record it. Patreon is a simple system that allows you to pledge your support for this podcast, show your appreciation, and encourage its production every week. At patreon.com forward slash girlfriends, you can make a pledge in any amount. Even just $1 per episode makes a real difference and is a simple way to show your appreciation and support of girlfriends. I want to thank our newest supporters on Patreon, Kristen and Chris. And if you would like to show your support too, please go to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends to find out more. Thank you so much. I also want to thank Ascension Press for partnering with me to bring you this podcast. You can check out all of their podcasts and other Catholic media at ascensionpress.com. Click on channels and you'll find all kinds of Catholic media completely free that will entertain and inspire you and educate you in your Catholic faith. Ascensionpress.com. Okay, next up, I've got a little bit of feedback that I want to share with you all that I've received. Um, First of all, Melissa Hicks in email um, sent me some feedback from our Staying Healthy Through the Holidays episode. She says... Hi, Danielle. Thank you for the great reminders of ways to stay healthy through the holidays. I was feeling depleted of energy while listening to the podcast yesterday, and you reminded me to drink some water and go to bed early. Such simple things, but I feel better already. Thank you. I have a question that I thought some of your listeners might also wonder about or have suggestions about. Last year, my six-year-old son asked me, what gifts did we get for Father Chase and Father Caton? I, it was already Christmas Eve and it had never occurred to me to get a gift for our parish priests. So my son helped me make them cards and picked out restaurant gift cards for them. We put the cards in the collection basket. Both priests wrote my son wonderful thank you notes and said they didn't get out to eat much and appreciated the gifts. I thought I'd recommend this to your listeners because this interaction with our priests brightened my son's day and reminded me that I should include them every year on our Christmas lists. Do any listeners have other ways they brought joy to their parish priests at Christmas? Thanks, Danielle. I look forward to your next podcast. Merry Christmas, Melissa. Well, Merry Christmas to you, too, Melissa. And I appreciate um, your suggestion slash question slash nudge for us to be thinking about our parish priests at this Christmas time. One thing I can tell you from having worked in a parish is priests do get inundated with baked goods at Christmas time. I know mailmen do too. uh, Teachers probably do too. Um, And you know, if that's how you want to show your appreciation for your parish priest, I'm not discouraging you from doing it. But if you're looking to do something that's going to be a little bit different, um, maybe meet a real need that your priest has, um, first of all, I would suggest that you ask. You know, if you're on a, a friendly basis with your priest, maybe just ask him because you know priests are human beings. They're they're every one of them is different. They have different needs. But for sure, I think the restaurant gift cards are a great idea. I think that was a really nice way to show your appreciation and also give them something that can be a little bit of a treat for them um, if they aren't able to get out to eat very often. Um, so I think things things along those lines. Um, and I know some people that give money to their to their parish priest every year. Um, you know, so that that part is up to you. But I do want to open this. up. Up to listeners. What kinds of things do you give to your parish priest? What's really appreciated? Um, one thing that I know I've given to parish priests in the past are books, um, but you have to kind of know them to be able to do that effectively, a book that they might appreciate, but maybe an Amazon gift card, you know, then they can pick out what they like to read. Because most priests I know are avid readers and really appreciate the opportunity to add to their library. Um, but I'd love to hear what kind of creative suggestions you have and what ideas you have, what's worked for you with regard to honoring and respecting and appreciating our parish priests during this time of year, especially this busy time of year where priests are overloaded and they are throughout the year. I mean, I know my parish priest certainly is. He's got um a lot of responsibilities that he's taken care of all year long, but especially during the holidays, there's a lot more demand for his time and his attention and all the extra masses. I think it's really important to to remember that and to recognize and appreciate the, the hard work that these men of God are doing for our good and for the good of the church. So thank you for that email, Melissa, and I'm looking forward to hearing from other people with their ideas on how to pick a good gift for your parish priest.
1: Hi, Danielle. This is Cindy, Arlen's wife. I met you when you came to Together in Holiness in Houston last May. I always look forward to your podcast every week, um, and I just finished listening this week, and I just wanted to give Kristen some feedback. Um, First of all, Kristen, I'm so sorry for your loss. It's never easy to lose a baby at any stage, um, so I'm so sorry for that. We've lost two little ones to miscarriage, and I have a couple of things that have brought me some comfort that I would like to share with you. First of all, um, whenever I'm feeling particularly um, sad about uh, either one of my babies, I find so much comfort in asking our mother Mary to hold each of them in her arms and to rock them for me. Um, I know they're being taken care of so well up there in heaven. Um, Also, we named each of them after a saint, and every night we ask for the intercession of their saint um, when we pray at bedtime. And so in this way, we're constantly praying for them, and they're always on our minds and in our hearts. Uh, And the last thing I'll say is that as mothers, the ultimate thing we want for our children is for them to gain the happiness of heaven And I trust that through God and his mercy, our little ones are already there experiencing the joy of heaven. Uh, Not the way that we probably would have wanted them to get there, but nonetheless, they're there. So again, Kristen, I'm sorry for your loss and anyone else who's lost babies to miscarriage. Uh, Kristen, I'll add you to my daily prayers and... Thanks, Danielle, for your podcast, and as always, it always makes my week. God bless.
0: Thank you so much, Cindy. I really appreciate, and I'm sure Kristen does too, as well as anybody listening who's suffered the loss of a miscarriage, those thoughts and those ideas and that kind of compassion. Um, I think it's a beautiful idea to name your baby and a beautiful idea to consider Mother Mary holding your baby and that they're, they're safe and they're with a mother who loves them. I think that sometimes that's the most painful part of the loss of miscarriage because We're not able to mother our children and we know they need a mother. But what a beautiful reminder, Cindy, of the fact that they have Our Lady and she loves them more than even we can know. So it's a beautiful thought and um, such a beautiful, compassionate reminder and a reminder to all of us to be praying for Kristen. I also heard from listener Maria who also wanted to reach out after hearing Kristen's story Um, Maria wrote to me, Hi Danielle My name is Maria and as I do weekly I was listening to your podcast this morning As soon as I heard the email you read from Kristen from California about the miscarriage she's going through, I needed to respond My husband and I have had two miscarriages in our marriage and it really is so painful. Our first miscarriage happened when my oldest son was five and my daughter two. We were absolutely thrilled to find out we were having a third child but at our eight-week ultrasound, we were crushed and heartbroken when there was no heartbeat." I, too, struggled with how we were going to tell the children and how they would react. My husband talked to the deacon at our parish after Mass one day, and we got the kindest email from him later that day, and he said he would like to do a naming ceremony for our baby. It is called a Remembrance of Commendation. We agreed, and together with our children, decided to name our baby Christian Faith. Our little family, as well as my parents, attended this short, beautiful ceremony. It brought me a lot of peace to know our baby had a name, and to this day, our children still pray for and remember Christian. He or she is, after all, one of their siblings. We all look forward to when we will meet Christian in heaven some day. I have attached the little certificate we were given and we proudly display it on our family room bookshelf by our family pictures. Since then, I have heard of naming ceremonies they do at different parishes. Definitely might be something that Christian would like to ask about at her parish. I will be definitely keeping Christian and her family in my prayers this Advent season. Thank you for your wonderful ministry, Danielle. I've been blessed by your podcast as well as many others. Merry Christmas, Maria. Thank you, Maria. And she attached a beautiful photo of her remembrance of commendation certificate, and um, that she has on display in her family room. And I'm going to post that in the show notes um, for this episode at DanielleBean.com. So anybody who wants to check it out can go there. A wonderful idea. I love that your deacon uh, served you and your family in that way and was compassionate in that way and really met your need. So um, others might want to consider that. It might be a kind of ministry that you might look into starting. At your parish, um, if one doesn't exist, but yes, I hope Kristen's listening and I hope she will check out um, that resource and see if it might be something that could be available to her and her family. Sounds like a wonderful healing experience.
2: Hi, Danielle. This is Amy. I just heard the episode where you were counseling Amy, who had four little ones, um, on disciplining them when they're fighting. Oh, have I been there, Amy? So I don't know where we came up with this. My husband and I came up with it together because we had enough of the fighting when the kids were little. The oldest is 14 now and the youngest is three and um, six kids. And we've had lots of fighting going on in this house. And two unconventional things we do. We make them stay in a room together until they're getting along as long as things aren't too violent. And they want to get out of that room, so they end up working it out by talking it through. The other thing that we do is we make them stand in the center of the room while we're all watching and say 10 nice things about each other. And um, by the end of it, they're laughing and giggling because they really have to come up with something. And then they start thinking about their sibling and what great qualities they have. And then it's over and they're laughing. Or we make them hug it out. They have to hug until the whole family counts to, like, you know, 30 or whatever. And that works, too. So I guess three unconventional methods that have really worked for us to just kind of turn the mood around. So um, that's my suggestion. And then Danielle, I also want to tell you this is so funny because I'm always so behind in getting ready for Advent. And this year I had everything all ready. I had the candles out, and everything, and the prayers, and everything we were going to do. And it was the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and we still had a week till Advent started. I remember being at Mass in the morning, thinking, "Gosh, why doesn't why is not the church decorate for Advent? That's so weird." And the whole time it was me, so it was really funny. But that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Talk to you later. Thanks.
0: Bye. Thank you, Amy, for that advice. For the other Amy, I love the unconventional ways that you force your kids to get along and focus on each other's goodness and uh, cooperate. I've heard of that working before. I've never actually tried it out, so I'm glad to hear from somebody who's done it and had success with it. I'm also, I've am also i also heard of giving them a cooperative task to work on, so they have to be forced to work together and um, get beyond the bickering in that way. So I love those creative ideas. Keep them coming. If the Amy's have inspired you to share one of your creative ways that you deal with bickering with your kids, um, please share it with me, Danielle at DanielleBean.com. And I love hearing about your Advent story, Amy. Yeah, I mean, it felt like Advent should start that weekend. I totally agree. And where Advent is really essentially just three weeks this year, we really could have used that extra week of Advent, I'm thinking. But, um, you know, the church has her own ways. So I'm glad you were ready this year. It's always a battle. And I'm glad that you were prepared even a week ahead of time this year. Way to go, Amy. God bless you. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but I'm so happy you were able to connect with me in this way for another week here at Girlfriends. I'm so grateful, and I say this all the time, but I really, truly mean it. I'm so grateful for the community we have here, and I'm looking into some ways in the new year that we can connect in even more ways, perhaps making a Facebook group or something like that, where we can have access to one another throughout the week. I think it's a really beautiful community of listeners and people who are really willing to encourage and share with one another about the real opportunities. ups and downs of everyday living out of Catholic life as as a wife, as a mom, as a coworker, as a sister, as a friend, all the different ways that we're challenged every day. I think there's a lot that we can learn from connecting with one another. And I love that we've built that sort of community here where we're trusting. And it's a safe place to share our trials and to be encouraging of one another. So thank you for being a part of that community here today. Thank you for your listening. Thank you for all the ways you support Girlfriends through Patreon, through leaving reviews, through giving me feedback. But most of all, thank you just for being here, for being present, for being a listening part of this community here at Girlfriends. I'm so grateful for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week girlfriends is a daniellebean.com production know your worth find your joy